Welcome to the Thrive Church Podcast. Listen anytime you miss a service or want to hear a message again from our Sunday worship services and select special services. Lead Pastor Brian Bauer, as well as guest speakers, will bring messages that will help you encounter God, love people. Join us for virtual service on Facebook Live at Encounter Thrive. Or for those comfortable, we'd love to have you for our in-person services Sundays at 10. To learn about us, what we believe, how to connect, how to give, or how to find us, visit the all-new EncounterThrive.com. And now, here is our message. Guys, how are you today? I'm just going to go ahead and start us out with some prayer. Um, Lord, I just thank you for this opportunity to share today. I pray that these words not be my own, but Holy Spirit, that you speak and minister through me. I pray that all distractions be gone right now in the name of Jesus. Any stones and hearts that need to be revealed, be revealed. Addictions be uprooted and lives be forever changed. In Jesus' name. I want to thank Pastor Brian for having me to speak today. I'm going to call Cliff up in just a little bit to share just a little bit of his story. But as I was preparing, I know most of you have heard my story of my accident and how the Lord miraculously healed me. And I've got five plates holding my skull together today. I was never supposed to walk again or have kids, hence the miracle of naturally conceived identical triplets. But I felt like God wanted me to go in a different direction with you this morning. And those who know me and have read my book know that I am as honest and as transparent and vulnerable as I can be. I am a mess. I don't have it together. I desperately need a savior. And he is working out some really tough things in my heart right now as I'm writing book number two. And one of the things that he's working out in me is what does it mean to truly surrender? We've heard it. We've heard it a million times in church. We sing songs about it. But what does it truly, truly mean to surrender? If you look it up in the dictionary, it means to cease resistance, to submit to authority, to give up completely, to surrender to God's will for your life. But how do you know that you need to surrender? I want you right now, this moment, to pause and think of a situation in your life that has got you so frustrated, broken, angry, upset, confused. It might be your marriage, it might be a friendship. It might be with a sibling, it might be with a daughter, it might be with a son. It might be that you were passed over again for the job promotion that you know was yours. It might be that you were wrestling with an addiction that you have been in and out of rehab, in and out of rehab, paid thousands of dollars for counselors and you still can't seem to give it up. I want you to take a moment really quick because this is gonna be an exercise we do this morning. Close your eyes. And I want you to say, okay, God, what is the area of my life? What is the person, the relationship in my life that I need to hear from you this morning and I need to surrender? Holy Spirit, I thank you that you are working right now, that you are quieting chaos in minds, confusion in minds, defensiveness and pride. And I pray that you are bringing the face of the individual the situation, the drug, whatever it is that they are facing, that they are struggling with fully surrendering. 
in Jesus' name. Bottom line is you have to relinquish the control over it and give it up. That's what surrendering to God is all about. It's about admitting that you have done everything on your own and you need help. It's about admitting that there's something bigger than you, something that you can't control. So I'm walking through this right now in my ministry. God told me this past year, okay, it's time to release your book. And I literally wrote it and published it in less than two months. It was a whirlwind. Doors started flying open. And then everything kind of came to a halt. Why? Because I have some areas in my life that I need to surrender. Even if your calling is a thing from God, your gifting, your family, all of these things are gifts from God. If you are not fully surrendering to them to God, they become an idol. They become what's called a false refuge. And as I was praying about this, I'm like, this isn't a very fun, energetic, motivating message that is usually what I do, right? I'm usually the one that's got you rolling in stitches and all these other things. But God said, no, I want you to actually get up there and I want you to share how you are in the trenches right now, crying yourself to sleep most nights. Because I need to surrender. And he told me that he ordered the steps of every single person here today because this isn't a message for some. It's actually for each and every one of you because there's something in your life that you need to fully surrender. It may be that life doesn't look right now the way you thought it would. And what is a false refuge? For me, because remember I told you I'm completely honest and transparent. For me, it's food. For me, it's a struggle with bulimia that I've struggled with since I was 14 years old. For me, it's anxiety and pulling out my eyelashes and eyebrows. For me, it's taking out my stress when I'm so angry at myself that I feel like a failure that I take it out on my kids or my husband because I'm just upset with myself. A false refuge is something that you run to when you're upset and somebody says something that hits you so hard. What is it that you turn to to soothe yourself? It could be a cup of coffee. I'm not kidding. It could be that you text your best friend immediately that's there for you and that you know is going to build you up and affirm you like you need. There's nothing wrong with those things at all. But the problem is when you face a hit in the gut and you have something really hard happen that's a disappointment, if you don't run to God first, that's a false refuge and that's an idol in your life. And I'm even talking about your spouses. Nobody and nothing is responsible for your happiness except you and your walk in Christ. False refuge. I asked you to think about what you can surrender. Now I want you to think about what you use as your security blanket. What do you go to whenever you're upset, angry, mad, sad, lonely? What is the thing that they use in your group? Halt, hungry, alone. What is it? Hungry, angry, lonely, and tired. That's something that those who have dealt with addiction, I'm sure you've heard. That's what triggers you.
So what is it that you go to first? Why is it that we go to God usually fifth or sixth or even 10th or 12th down the line? Because we want to self-soothe. We don't want to relinquish control. But God has called us in our walk with him and our walk with Christ that we are to be solely, solely reliant on him. Not only in scripture are we called and told that our lives need to be surrendered because the first thing you do when you come to know Christ is you surrender and you what? You accept him as your Lord and Savior. For so many people with all the degrees, this is so hard. It's such a hard concept that it's this simple of a childlike faith of kids who believe in fairy tales. Why do you think he says to have a childlike faith? Because he wants you to come to your heavenly father and you just accept him and you surrender and say, okay, you're my Lord and Savior. Sounds so easy. That first step may seem easy for you, but it's a continual process the rest of your life. Paul talks about how we're supposed to surrender to our flesh daily. It's basically pursuing daily surrender of our sinful, prideful nature and trusting that his ways are better than ours. You know, I know each and every one of you know there's power in trusting God completely. When you trust in God, you're putting in a, your, your faith in a power greater than your own. You see, there's way more going in on in life and then in this world that's bigger than you. Way more. Our lives are but a breath. But I do believe that he needs us to be that trickle effect of having his light and his love go out to the world. But if we are so self-focused on our brokenness and everything we do wrong, we are handicapped and we're not surrendering and we're not being used for his glory. The disappointments in life are heavy. So many people look at cliffs in my life and think we have it all together. But those of you who have read our book know that our, our life is far from a fairy tale, but we make the most of it every day and we choose happiness and we choose God's love above our own. Do you remember when Jesus invited Andrew and Peter to follow him? He also encouraged a young rich man to follow him, but he wouldn't. Do you think those richly blessings brought him peace and joy after he gave up surrendering everything and following the Lord? It's tough to follow because we want to be the ones leading, but it's a false sense of control in our lives. So often in my life, the reason why I like to step up and do more is because I feel like God is moving too slowly. Oh, I'm sorry, is it just me? I'm like, yeah, but you gave me this gift and this talent, so I'm going to go ahead and take things into my own hands. So this, you know what that's like? That's like saying, okay, I'm going to use my book as an example. That's like me saying, okay, God, you called me to write this book. I just give it all over to you, like Hannah did with her son with her promise. She promised her son when she was barren and couldn't have a child before he was even born. I'm just gonna, I'm gonna give it to you. And then something doesn't go the, as quickly as I think it should, so what do I do? I pick it up and I try to make things happen in my own time. 
But remember how I said that there's more than just us in this picture? So many times God's halt in our life on that baby, that child we're waiting for, might actually be his protection because he sees the whole picture. We are so limited. And if we did see the whole picture, we would be overwhelmed, and he knew that. That's why he gives us glimpses at a time. You're not going to see the next step if you are trying to push the door down and run up the stairs. You're messing up his plan. You've got to relinquish control. Control is such a false sense of identity. We are often blinded by our desires to have complete control of our lives. We can believe that we do it all on our own, but you either are relying on God's way or your way. It can't be both. Many of us think that when you surrender, you think about, I raised my white flag. Do you know, remember that Chris Tomlin song? But when you think of it in battle scenes, like Last Mohicans, Braveheart, anything like that, surrender seems to be the what thing. It's weak. You're going to give up? Come on. You're weak. You gave up? You surrendered? It's the opposite. God doesn't do things on the world's timetables. God doesn't do things the way that he, the world does. He uses the, the hot messes of the world to get his message out. He doesn't use those who are perfect and have it all together because newsflash, nobody is perfect and nobody has it all together. And if they act like they do, just pray for them. God's working it out. Surrendering is not weak. Surrendering is the strongest thing that you can do and it shows that you have character in you because you're finally saying, I give up. I'm gonna call Cliff up to just share a little bit. Second Timothy 1.7, for the spirit God gave us does not make us timid, but gives us power, love, and self-discipline. But guess what? Giving up is such a powerful choice. Giving up is a way of letting go of control and fear. Giving up is a way of letting go of your past. And that's so you can move forward into your future. Surrendering is an empowering, empowering form of release. Surrendering is a choice, and it's one you need to make every day. It's the most empowering form of release that you can have in your experience with Christ. And by surrendering, you choose not to fight for control of your circumstances and emotions, but rather to be open and receive whatever comes your way for better or worse. I'm going to let my husband, Cliff, share for a few minutes because he's going to talk about a time in his life when he tried everything and nothing worked until he surrendered. You got a mic? So for most of us that are struggling with something, Sometimes it just runs too deep. The hurt, the pain is ever present. And it's these curves in the road that lay the groundwork for what becomes our eventual fall. And once we've fallen, how do we get ourselves out? Because for me personally, by the world's standard, I had everything going for me. And you would think that a person that might have a lot of things going for themselves isn't going to need to surrender something. Oh, I, I've got it all together. I, you know, I've, 
I've made up my mind. I'm just, I'm just going to overcome this. This is fine. But when we get in that place, how do I surrender? Because I personally tried counseling. We tried marriage counseling. We tried um, multiple things. I tried doing it for my kids. I tried doing it for my wife. I, you know, I lived a life of self-indulgence. I lived a life of lust, of sexual sin, of pornography, of a lot of things that the world's like, eh, that's fine. But really, it leaves you wasted away inside. It leaves you with dry bones. And I got to the place that I started to realize until I surrendered fully, I was never going to get over this hill. And the interesting thing about surrender is I, I liken it to, in the movie Saving Private Ryan at the end, you got Upham, who's the weakling through the whole movie. Finally, he gets the courage, and he gets behind the, behind the Germans, pulls the gun, and they all raise their hands to surrender. Well, there's the one guy who thought he made friends with him, but Upham really knew he had killed one of his comrades. So he always tries, he tries sweet-talking him, and he tries saying, oh, 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 I'm a friend, I'm a friend. Well, Upham shoots him and, and kills the guy. Because when we're surrendering, if we're not making a complete surrender, if we're trying to go around it, we're, we're going to find ourselves dead. And that's really where I found myself. I would be dead in a ditch. I've said this before. I would be dead in a ditch somewhere if it wasn't for a complete surrender. And what does that look like? A complete surrender is if I'm bringing it to the cross and imagine I've got, imagine this, this bottle here is, it's this thing I'm carrying, and I'm and I'm hoarding it like Gollum. Like this thing is my precious, and I'm I'm just going to hold it. Here you go, Lauren. That's for you. I'm 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 holding it like this thing. I'm not going to let it go. And the cross is here, and I come and I. All right, all right, Lord. I'm gonna I'm gonna lay that down, and, and I'm just going to kind of go about my day. Well, you know, I'm gonna I'm gonna grab this just in case here. You know, I. But if I'm surrendering this thing, I'm laying it down. And the, and the amazing thing about surrender is, if you think about it militaristically, when they raise their hands, they're saying, I don't have a weapon. I'm not going to attack you. And the same way when I'm surrendering at the cross, if I'm at the cross and I'm surrendering this, I'm raising my hands. I'm raising my hands in praise and surrender to the Lord. If my hands are raised, I can't pick that thing back up because my hands are up. Because at the end of time, we're going to be raising our hands singing, holy, holy, holy is the Lord who was and who is and who is to come. I can't pick this thing up if I'm in a prostrate position. So I have to leave it there. I can't pick it up. In Galatians 20, it says, I've been crucified with Christ. It is no longer I who live, but Christ in me. And the life I now live in the flesh, I live by the faith of the Son of God. I'd been in this war. It was a war I was losing. And I had to make changes. Now, most of us go about our daily lives, how am I, I going to make this change? If you're, if you're in Alcoholics Anonymous or you're in drug uh, substance abuse uh, recovery, you realize I have to have accountability. The word talks about iron sharpening iron. Once I've surrendered this to the Lord, now I have to reach out to, I have to be willing to talk to somebody, somebody else. 
have this interpersonal, I, I can admit to you that I'm struggling, that I'm in a place, I, 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 feel, like, I feel like I'm in a place that I'm not going to be okay. And that's, that's fine. I mean, the, the word says, if you're struggling with anger, when in anger, sin not. You're not sinning if you're angry, but what the outcome of that could be, could be, could be sin. So when I'm willing to go to the Lord and I'm willing to go to another, I've brought light. And when there's light, there can't be darkness. The light sheds the darkness. James 4, 7, submit therefore to God, resist the devil, and he will flee. So when I'm in that prostrate situation, I'm, I'm coming to the Lord. I'm spending time with the Lord. I'm submitting, therefore, to the Lord. I'm under his authority. The more I'm willing to talk about it, the easier it gets to talk about. If you're struggling with something and you're not willing to talk about it, then there's still some work to do in that area. When I lay it down at the cross, it's down. When I'm willing to come to a brother or sister, I've taken the power away because the power is in the secrecy. When the light's been brought in, it can't have any power anymore. And if you had asked me 10, 15 years ago, would you have been up being willing to talk about things that would seem extremely embarrassing? I'd say no because I wasn't in that place. But now, it, I, you know, it doesn't bother me because I know what the Lord's done in my life. I've got, I've got things I don't deserve because I, I've done nothing to, to merit his grace, and that's, that's what grace is. It's unmerited favor. So if, if you're here today and you need to lay it down, leave it down. Go to the Lord. Go to your brother and sister. And leave that thing, whatever this thing is, don't pick it back up. You know, he's talking about what he had to surrender, and my biggest surrender of my life has been my husband. I tried everything to be his Ezra Canendo, his helpmate to help him in his sexual addiction and got all the books and was like, yeah, we're going to beat this thing. And I was such the cheerleader. I cheered for nine years. I was trying to be the cheerleader in our marriage. And God told me, no, give him to me. I'm sorry, what? I've got one-year-old triplets. No, give him to me. Because his salvation as my brother in Christ was more important than my husband or the father of my children. So it was when I finally let go of desperately trying to help my husband and I gave him to God that the Holy Spirit got a hold of him and worked in him in ways that I could have only dreamed. For him to become that leader of my home, that covering and that mantle over me and my children. So my biggest surrender at that point in my life was giving my husband to God and letting him carry that. 
Now my biggest surrender of my life is my ministry. I'm giving it to God. I'm trusting him. It's not by my might. It's not by my giftings. It's not by my callings. It's for his will and his glory to be done. And the reason he asks us surrender is because we need to become instruments of his righteousness. We grow closer to God when we surrender because we're no longer trying to do it on our own. It's like he's been sitting there the whole time like, are you done yet? And we're so frustrated and we're crying and upset and going to our prayer partners to complain. I mean, pray. And we're like, why is nothing happening? Why is everything bad happened to me? Why am I not getting answers? Blah, 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 blah. Because there's something in your heart that you have not surrendered. You're not getting answers and you're not getting a breakthrough in a certain area. It's because you have a stronghold. You have a false refuge. I don't care how good you've got it with God. We are never done growing with God. And that excites me because I'm a go-getter and I like the challenges. They told me I never walk again. And look, I am glad I'm never done growing in God because that means we got work to do. It's time to get up and do the hard work. It's time to find out what those stones are in your heart that you've hidden so far away. And man, he has pulled out some stones in my heart as I'm watching, I'm sitting here reading, writing and reading and writing and reading book number two. And I had stuff buried so far. that I had long since justified and forgotten. They're still there. Just like sweeping it under the rug. The analogy, if you keep sweeping all the stuff on your floor, we got a lot with our farm, and you keep going under the rug, eventually that's gonna become a tripping hazard. Well, that's the thing about surrender, is it is a, it is a daily and hourly in Ephesians 4:22 to 24, Paul says to put off the old man and put on the new man. Also in Romans 13:14, it says clothe yourselves with the Lord Jesus Christ. Well, how often do we get dressed? We get dressed every day. We are constantly having to take off that old man, hang that up and put on the new coat. Take it off, put it on, take it off, put it on. This this isn't like a one-time thing. I have to check myself daily. I have I have to constantly be renewing of my mind. It's, you know, it's neat, how, it's neat how biblically these books were written 2,000 years ago plus, and yet they align up perfectly with science. How you take off the old man, you put on the new man, what they found is that there's, there's neural pathways in your brain that as you start to develop behaviors, you start to create these new neural pathways that causes you to want to do these things. And the Bible just lines up perfectly with what that's saying. So what I need to do is as I get surrendered before the Lord, I'm creating these new channels and these new pathways in my mind, the renewing of my mind. So you see, it's, it's a daily, it's hourly. There's a song, every hour I need you, my one defense, my righteousness, oh God, how I need you. This is, this is, this is constant. This is, we are constantly going through how I need the Lord in my life. And something that you said, I was reading in a book just yesterday, um, hidden in the cleft, and it talked about how, you know, Cliff said you need to go to somebody. So she talks about how when you confess your sin to God, that's for repentance. 
when you confess your sin to a trusted source, another person, that brings healing. Who wants some more rest and peace in their life? I know I do. I need that rest and that peace in my life to battle the inner chaos of my mind. You get that inner rest and peace and you get healthier all around and your faith is strengthened. All your discouragement, all of your doubts, they're gonna fade away. You're gonna grow closer to God than you thought possible. You thought you knew him before. You thought you loved him before. You thought you knew his love for you. Closeness comes with the courage to face the even most difficult of situations and say, okay, God, I know that you're gonna protect me and sustain me through this in ways I can't fathom, so I'm giving it to you. Galatians 2, 20 through 21, walking with Christ entails constant surrender. And, we surrend and when we surrender, we accept the Holy Spirit to live within us. You will live in faith knowing to the one whom you've submitted, he can make your life better and he's never gonna disappoint you. Matthew 16, 24 through 26. If any one of you wants to be my follower, you must give up your way, take up your cross or your burdens and follow me. You will lose your life if you try to hold on to it. Let me say that again. You will lose your life if you try to hold on to it. And what good is it for you to gain the entire world but lose your soul? Is there anything more valuable than your soul? Let go today of your plans and allow God to guide you. God loves you and he's had a plan for your life since the very beginning. No step along the way has been overlooked. No tear has not been counted by him. Trust him and now offer up your plans, your goals, your dreams as a sacrifice to your savior. And like Cliff said, when your circumstances tempt you to grab hold of that false refuge that gives you temporary, temporary joy, realize the lasting pain that comes in it. Sin over promises and under delivers every time. But I think the reason why it's so easy for us to give in to pornography, to give in to the edibles, to give in to the vaping, to give in to the drinking, to give in to the shopping, to give in to the food, the reason why is because we think we're getting an instant quick gratification to numb that pain. But the result that comes after that is you're even more empty than you were before you started because God is the only constant when life kicks us down and when we kick ourselves down. But he cannot help you reach your full potential and be set free till you surrender all your children, your husband, your daughter, your son, your grandchildren, your job, that future spouse you've been praying for, those children that you don't have that you've been praying for, that estranged child in your life, you can't do it. So stop killing yourself trying. Let God move in their life and stop trying. If you surrender, he will move. 
I'm going to ask the worship team to come up. And like Cliff said, we didn't even go over our notes together. That's what's so funny about this. We both have verses and stuff that are the same in sayings. I had written as my last point, the thing about surrendering is you got to keep choosing it. And I'm saying choosing it because our God doesn't force himself on you. He's a gentleman. He ain't going to make you surrender. He's not going to make you choose him. He doesn't want that fake love. Have you ever heard somebody say, it's different if you've chosen a person to love versus you feel like you're forced to love them? God chose to love you, and he wants you to choose to love him. As I was going through this, going, okay, this is such a boring topic to speak on. <laughs> I like to be all lively and colorful and full of things. But God told me I just had to be honest and real with you of what I'm wrestling with. I've been dealing with some serious depression lately. Is it okay for me to say that? I've had a couple of friends that know me well enough have called me and said, what's wrong? You're not yourself. It's because I'm wrestling out some stuff. You need to too. Every single one of you have something that you need to give to God. As I was sitting there spending some time in prayer, he gave me this poem that I want to close with today. So many goals, aspirations, and dreams. If I'm not trying, I'm failing, it seems. So I sit back and I examine the picture at hand. This world tells me to to give in to their demands. But the God I know is quiet when chaos abounds. He tells me, come closer, there's peace to be found. But first you must lay down these lists you've created. You need to evaluate your schedule. You've become inundated. How did this happen? I ask in confusion because you sought your own strength to be your solution. How do I remedy the problem that I have caused? Simply hand it over to me and they will be solved. Fulfilling your purpose, child, is not completely up to you. It requires obedience and surrender in all you do. Here I come in, but what if I'm not doing enough? Giving me your all, child, is not giving up. It's trusting each step of your path to my plans. I see the whole picture, and I'm here to take your hand. So hand me your, hand your dreams over to me, and don't delay. And I'm going to say, don't wait another day. I place them into your heart, so trust me, I know the way. If you've got a notebook with you or, or even a notepad on your phone, I'm gonna ask you to get it out. I want you to write down that person, that dream, that relationship, that job. I want you to write down what your addiction is. Every single person in here has an addiction of something that we go to other than God to self-soothe us could even be anger. He just told me that. 
It may be anger. That might be your knee-jerk reaction of how to act when you're upset about something. That's your own little security blanket to lash out in anger at others to protect yourself. We've all got stones. Guys, I got a lot of them. I'm a simple, simple girl trying to expose my mess, just like my husband, to try to help you realize you don't have to have it all together and you don't need to act like you have it all together. Be vulnerable, be raw, real, and transparent so God can finally move. Who wants God to move? I want to hear you. Who wants God to move? Who is ready to be set free? Who is tired of wrestling with sexual addiction and, and alcoholism and everything else? Who's ready to be free? Who's ready to give God your marriage and your children? Who's ready to give God that dream of a spouse or a child that you haven't gotten yet? Thank you so much for spending some time with us. We hope this message spoke to you and helped you grow in your knowledge of and love for God. Visit us online anytime at EncounterThrive.com and reach out with questions, prayer requests, or comments. We hope to see you for our in-person services in Lockport, Illinois, Sundays at 10. Take me to the deep.